As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth. I'm your host, and I cannot believe it. I am recording this intro on Thursday, December 29th. This episode will be published within the next 10 minutes, and we are already at the end of the year. And this is probably going to be the last episode for the year as well. I debated on doing the 200th episode before January 1st of 2023, but I decided that I would just give it some time. I also know that during this time of year, it's a uh, very busy, hectic for all of us. It's holiday time. A lot of us feel, you know, not on the usual schedule. So I just felt like, you know what, I will just wait and kick off the new year with the 200th episode. But if you are brand new here, thank you for tuning in. On today's episode, I chat with a really, really good friend of mine. His name is Elia, and I actually met him very randomly at the mall last year in Los Angeles. And, you know, I've told this story a bunch of times, so I don't want it to be redundant if you have heard this from my past stories. But, you know, basically, I was sitting eating gelato with one of my girlfriends, and then I saw that him and his friend were kind of walking by us multiple times. And I just had an instinctive feeling that they were going to just come up and talk to us. And of course they did. It was really fun and friendly though. Like it was just conversational. And then within that 10 minute span, Ellie and I learned that we both have interests in personal development, that kind of thing. And we just, we became friends. And then we also, what helped too is that we ended up finding out we have mutual friends who are also in our entrepreneurial circle. So it was just a... Uh, 
serendipity, timing, and uh, a big lesson that him and I learned, uh, maybe more so me, was just, you know, you have to create your own reality in that sense and, and take those chances of going up to people and putting yourself out there because you never know what the result can be. Obviously, not every time is going to be that scenario where you end up making a really good friend out of that situation but in our case that that was what it was and also i think in other times too i've made just uh, acquaintances and people that are good to know in different areas and different cities and i would certainly do this if i was moving to a new city if i you know moved back to la or if i was moving to europe something like that i would certainly do that but i also again i try to do that in most of my life because um it's good to stay connected with people and you you grow by connecting and meeting new people as well because I think that's how you get new information into your life. So anyways, before we get into the episode, a quick gist on what we're talking about today. It is truly just another raw talk of mine and um, I do these segments on the show where I just, again, I chat with friends. It's very raw. It's There's no outline to it. There is no filter. It's just completely open and honest thoughts and Elia is one of those friends that, and he kind of mentions this as well, but I, I I go reach out to him a lot and he's actually in Italy at this point. He, he used to live in LA, but right now he's back in his home country, Italy for a few months and I will voice message him over WhatsApp whenever I have thoughts or I, I would like to pick his brain about a certain topic and I'm very fortunate and grateful that he's patient and listens to it and gives me his uh, his best objective, uh, at least attempts to being objective, opinion. And so for us, it really goes full circle in our love for personal development, but also in, in the way we started this conversation, we talked a lot about the Hawkins scale consciousness and just being aware of what consciousness is. And I think this is going to be really great if you have been tapping into a little bit of energy spirituality or just having a wanting to have a better understanding of that topic because i brought this up um, in an episode in october 2021 where i spoke about the secret to getting what you want which is quite frankly doing it's a paradox it's letting go of that desire and a lot of that stemmed from understanding the Hawkins scale of consciousness and the frequencies and all of that. And again, um, I don't expect everyone to be super receptive to that information because it can be, it can sound woo-woo if you're not at a place in life where you can absorb that information yet. It can also sound, um, it might not hit the same way because I would argue that last year when I first tapped into this, it was, the, the seed was planted but it wasn't there for me yet. And mindfulness in this past six months was the biggest connector for me. Uh, for me, it was, it was very, it's very similar in my, I would say the consciousness part is more science and mindfulness is more spirituality. And those two, for me personally, I've combined in a really great way and overall um, have been working on just being the most loving human being I can be 
to others, to myself. In, and when I say others, I mean really like everyone. Um, and I've been really enjoying that energy. Yeah, that's pretty much where we kick off the conversation. And we talk a lot about relationships and misperceptions. And I think there is actually one specific misperception that I, I would argue that I see a lot of women around my age, so in 20s, that may often have this misperception as well. I've been there. And so I think it's going to be an interesting topic for you guys to tune into. So hopefully you're doing something redundant, easy to listen to, on the subway, driving, walking, whatever. And with that being said, let's get into it. Wow, uh, it's been a little over a year, or like I guess almost a year and a half since you've been last been on the podcast. It's been an eventful year. Yeah, a lot has happened. Yeah. You know? On your side too. True, which is a lot of, I feel like a lot of the this, this stuff we're going to talk about today is, you know, very personal development focused because I got the idea when I was realizing how much I grew from kind of like the, the seed that was planted was when you talked about hawk and scale of consciousness and just like being a loving being and like that has translated over the past year and a half so i was like huh i wonder if elia wants to like talk more about this so here we are yeah i am i'm actually so glad that that stuck with you and yeah the the alkin scale consciousness is um for anyone that doesn't know it's like a, a scale of emotions and uh, the basic idea is that each emotion has a different frequency. And so you have specific like negative emotions that are like at a low frequency, like 100 to like 300. And then other emotions that are at a much higher frequency, such as like enlightenment, that's like a thousand mm-hmm. or something. So yeah, I'm super glad to stuck with you. I don't know if I ever had a chance to ask you this, but how did you get into it? Because my answer for that would be, I, at the time, in in that specific moment, sitting in your garage in LA, I was pretty frustrated, more way more so at the time than I ever get now, but at, at a certain parent of mine who tends to just is the most irrational person I I I guess you could say deal with or talk to in in my life and so it's a very different scope for me like I never have to turn on such um different parts of me in order to be around a certain person because I think I'm lucky enough to with when it comes to friends I'm very mindful of the energy I'm surrounded by so I don't ever have to be very aware of being a certain way because I think the energy is just like mesh better whereas as I mentioned with you that parent kind of would cause a lot of clash with me and then you kind of that's when you brought that up and then so I, that's my answer is like well I was struggling with a with different ways to manage a relationship with a parent so what's your answer for that it's actually a funny one um I think the way I got introduced to Hawking scale consciousness is with a with a book called Power versus Force. Hmm. And the book itself was actually recommended by a group of pickup artists. 
It's so funny. I mean, pickup artists are can be some of the creepiest people, but there's also a lot of them that I found that I, I mm-hmm. met personally that uh, I find to be like really developed people and, and really like eye integrity as well. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, that was actually, that was actually the way I, I came across it. And uh, the, the specific instance in which they were referring to it was in terms of frame or frames, as in the, the specific emotion that mm. you, uh, and, and the specific attitude that you have to, throughout life, um, if it's really strong or if it's really high within, say, the Hawking scale consciousness, other people are going to notice it and they're going to feel it through something that's called like the law of state transference. So say you're feeling joy, then that Mm -hmm. is a a high level within the scale of consciousness. And so if you're feeling that strongly, then what you're going to see is that other people are going to feel joyous around yourself as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's the answer. It's interesting because I would describe it as a more scientific way of explaining why when we're around certain people that have good energy or radiate in a certain way, we just enjoy being more around them. So in in layman's terms, some people today would be like, she's a good vibe. Like I just get good vibes from her, right? So it's like it's like that, but obviously a more scientific way of explaining why it is that we feel that way around people and it's funny because uh something i've noticed with you is that you tend to give really warm hugs is that something you're very aware about or you've practiced i've never asked you this but you give like very long warm hugs either it's a an italian thing (laughs) or it's actually like ellie is very aware like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's a mixture of nature and nurture as in by nature, I'm. I would say I'm really warm as a person, mm-hmm. uh, and also I actually did practice it. Like <laughs> I, I literally, there, there was a time in my life where I, I went on forums and I searched like, how can I, how can I get people to like me more? Yeah, and you know, one of the things was like, this is like how you hug well, and it's like, you hug someone and not too tight, but also like tight enough that like they feel it and then it's like uh th- there's this thing that it, it's kind of weird but i found it works for me and it's like you you want to give like a specific like a, a constant pr- uh, level of tightness and then have like one second where where you where, where you go slightly tighter for like just one second and then <laughs> what you do is also like you slightly like erase the other person especially if it's a girl then elliot have you pulled this on me fuck you (laughs) (laughs) potentially no i don't think so (laughs) it's like same level of pressure then one second of slightly tighter and then uh you raise uh raise the person slightly to your level in a way like very very softly and and with eye delicacy of course but yeah (laughs) Mm. Mm. interesting no wonder your lugs are your hugs are so long i mean you know it takes 
10 seconds to proceed through that whole process. <laughs> You're like, well, okay, next I'm going to do this. Okay, five seconds. All right, one fair, I'm not a psycho, okay? Like I know, I, I'm I not know. thinking about this every time I'm hugging someone. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I think it's useful to like have that in the back of your subconscious. Mm-hmm. Just, just as a as a as a as a way to like like just remember you know and it, it's going to give you a direction and that direction is useful and I, you know it seems like other people perceive it and i that's why it's interesting to me because when i think about especially more so in the past 6 months but i've been thinking about how i want to show up more just simply as a loving loving being and when i would start to describe that process to some people or maybe like a certain decision I make or the, the reason why I, I have more patience or compassion for everyday people and close friends of mine. Some some people I know would be like, like, why they don't deserve that or like, why uh, like you're you're being too nice. Right. And and I'm sorry, I, I'll hear these certain comments and I'm really curious to know if you've ever had a run in with that where people start to like question why you're being such a in a sense, like a loving human being when when externally people think that person doesn't deserve it, right? Um, but it had me thinking like, like why not though? And and kind of how Steven, Steve, uh, that that guy you, I forget his last name, but um, you referred him. Uh, Steve Robinson. Yeah, that coach. And, you know, when I hear about just what people feel from being around him, I'm just like, yo, I I want that feeling when people are around me. And it has been a very amusing process to hear when I maybe nudge someone to just be a little bit more compassionate and understanding, which from my experience with mindfulness has excelled my understanding a lot more with how to tap into that loving frequency because through the practice of mindfulness, I've learned to understand you you can't really love someone without having understanding for like why they suffer or for why they do what they do. Whereas I think a previous lens and, and a much more common lens would be like taking it personal, right? So if my a parent of mine is like being a certain way to me, taking it personal. And I actually over a year ago, you uh, I had asked you for advice over a voice note and you gave me like four steps. I'm actually going to pull it up. And it's it's really ironic that it's very similar to to what I do now today, but like with with people of all kind. You you gave me this advice on September 3rd, 2021. And I, and I have it in my notes. I don't know <laughs> if you can like see it. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it just said, I said, like, when that happens, number one, recognize it. Number two, get yourself out of the picture. Recognize this person is speaking from fear and probably wording their own trauma. Three, at this point, they are nothing more than a child. This one was a big one. In the same way you treat, and this is everything you said to me, in the same way you'd treat a child who's saying mean things, address it from a place of love and compassion. Keep this in mind as the conversation develops. And so it's funny because I don't think you, like, I've, I don't think you practice mindfulness, but as far as I know, or like have read much on it, but in essence, it's what you do practice, right? So that's why it's funny. And for me, 
that was the connector. Like my practice of mindfulness brought it back to the seed that you planted a year ago, which was around the Hawkins scale of consciousness and just being a loving being and more compassion and, and recognizing like in mindfulness, they talk about how, you know, when someone is, is being angry or speaking out of a certain way, um, it's impressive how in that it it tells you each of us, even as adults, we have that inner child in us and we have to recognize like kind of like give that child a hug type of thing, you know, and it just has literally mind fucked me because I'm like, yo, you know, like that is so true. And I notice, like I of all, of all things, I just feel more at peace and even when I try to explain that to some people and I recognize like not everyone's going to like get it, especially it, like if it's, they're not at a point where they can absorb that information yet. But, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Some people will push back and be like, well, I think you're being like too understanding for that person. I'm like, am I though? <laughs> like, you, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. at the end of the day though, right? It's like, it's almost like some people are saying it to me, like, like, don't let them take it from you or don't let them win and I'm like I don't know if they're winning anything by me being more understanding in fact I think I'm I'm winning if we if we want to put it in those terms like I I used to be much more competitive in that sense and I think I'm winning because I'm much more at peace and I'm just much more loving and I think that would bring people back to me if they recognize they came from a bad place because like oh shit Emily was still very like loving and understanding. And um, I think that ends up trickling into other people's lives. And yeah, that was a long tangent, but um, I'm curious to, to hear more of your thoughts and your experience around that. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know, we, we both like Naval. Yeah. And one of the, the, the sticks that Naval like goes over and over is like, you don't want to play status games. You want to play positive some games, games where both sides or, or all sides win and mm -hmm. you know what most people do whenever they are in a low vibrational state well, low, low vibrational state of consciousness is they play status games and so the, the status game is i'm not gonna let them win i'm not mm -hmm. gonna let them uh at the um f feel like they they got it over me mm-hmm and th that's that's only something that you can experience if you are in a medium to low vibrational state, really. And so as you vibrate higher, 
-hmm. what you see is that all of a sudden that that whole status thing is like back there and you don't even think about it because you you're giving a gift to yourself you know like the it's 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 really really hard to even consider stepping down to a lower level because you're feeling so good about yourself you know Mm -hmm. i like to go over and over to like seduction examples because Mm -hmm. these are easy for me yeah Uh, and that's a big part of my background and it's like say you go to a club and it sucks. It's terrible. The music sucks. There's no interest in people. Um, there's bad lighting. The music is too loud. All these things. And that's the only club that's available. And you really wanted to go to a club, okay? Like you're not going to do anything else tonight. Mm-hmm. You have two choices. You can either go like, oh, this this place is shit. I hate this. Get me out. Or you can be like, wow, the music is shit, but I'm going to make the best out of this shit music. Mm-hmm. And then say you are out there with friends. You go like, man, the music is so shit. I'm just going to like step into it 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you could be passive to it. You could be like, oh, fuck, the music is so shit. Bro, the music is so shit we are actually gonna like sink into this shit music you know we're actually gonna like dive or like put everything that we got that's like presence and that's uh self-amusement into the uh, into the situation despite of how shitty that might be Mm -hmm. and yeah that's the to me, that, that literally made for some of the best nights of my life. Literally, just actually, uh, literally, this concept of self amusement. And I think it's interesting that you touch on that truth about status games, right? Because I can say from my past experience, like a great example is I bring this up all the time, but I feel like I keep having different lessons from it is that conversation you and I had on the beach pretty much before I left for New York. And at the time I was struggling, which is so crazy because that dating fling was actually only two months. Um, But I was, I was so in my head about it and was so like trying to make a decision and be decisive about it because I subconsciously didn't want for whatever like thing I thought I was winning or losing didn't want like to lose and and that for sure I mean I've already had that as like a a problem per se from a long like childhood because I was a competitive athlete and on top of that it wasn't healthy that I had a tendency to always win whether it was luck or skill or just both like I had that consistency in my life so then the shock to my system of ever losing was a big shock like to get second was like, this is like this metal exists. Like I I know. And it's like weird. Right. So, but no, it's crazy because like, that's what made it like more like, Ooh, like to me, whereas to some people they'd be like, what's, what's so like, what's so bad, Emily, like you got top three or whatever. Right. But like, 
it's kind of, I mean, it psychologically makes sense when you've never experienced it. Suddenly it, it just hits you harder. But I think because of that, it parlayed over into dating where I didn't, I mean, that one was like a different scenario. But I think even that though, when I was trying to either like move on because I wasn't really getting the best vibe or like just let it play out, I was trying to make a decision regardless before seeing anything play out because I just didn't want to lose some sort of, I don't know, status game that I was playing, you know? And it's really funny because I think that I see that a lot, even in very recent conversations with girlfriends who are in a relationship or in the dating process in New York. And, you know, I'll kind of share them my process with my current ways of being compassionate towards a partner. And they're like, I don't know how you handle that, Emily. Like, that's so mature what you're doing. I'm like, well, like, how are you handling uh, your situation? And they're like, you know, I'll give you an example. And I'll probably publish this far enough from the time this has happened. But the other day, my friend, she wanted her boyfriend to call her, you know, an Uber to his place because she was out late at night. And he was like, okay, come over. And she's like, okay, call me an Uber. And um, it the Uber wasn't the the issue. It was it was clearly very much that he wasn't very assertive. Like I want you here. He was like making a comment saying I want you here, but he wasn't like very forward about it. And in past times, I could say I've been annoyed when someone's not forward about where they want me in their life. And this is her boyfriend. And and later on, she ended up getting upset with him. And and because he wasn't forward enough about getting her to him to like to show like I really want you here he wasn't really expressing that in the best communicative way so it made her flip a switch where she was like I think we need a break (laughs) that's what I'm saying Elliot's like I obviously I'm around a lot of women of my age and different age demographics where I hear these insecure tendencies where that might like I'll tell you that the stories of that girl Tinks the influencer that maybe a lot of listeners actually like her a lot to be honest and I think she gives relatively good advice but to be fair she's giving it from a woman's perspective she's giving it from dating an American society only and what's great with talking with you is like obviously a lot of guys I have dated especially in the recent year and a half is like mostly foreign yeah. So cultural differences play a play a part. And when I share that with you and you're like, oh, that's very interesting. Like he has similar, you know, viewpoints or tendencies as someone else I know that's also from a similar country, whatever. And and that plays a big part. Like American dating is, is very different than dating in some parts of Europe. And that's just a fact. And so to generalize, I think men and women uh, without that kind of context is is so terrible <laughs> and can leave like leave women doing yeah i'm gonna go buy some flowers and lay the fucker to rest and have a funeral and move the fuck on like that is a lot of advice women are having right and i used to fall for that because i'd be like that's right i don't i don't wait for men or i don't like i don't let like i don't i just don't need to be understanding for them like they can chase after me type of thing so i'm gonna like keep going right and then this year was when i paused and i was like but then even if I apply that, I don't I'm not actually getting what I want in my current situation. So how can I change? Like, what can I be changing internally to have a better understanding? And that's when I picked up mindfulness, because that is a whole different ball game than some of the shit Tinks is sharing with women. Like, you don't understand, like she's got like 400K some followers 
uh elia and she does this thing every week where people ask her this like ask me anything and they'll ask about like i talked to this guy and this happening what do you think i should do and like this guy i've been dating for three years and i think i'm over him what should i do like all this stuff and it's like a 32 year old woman is sharing her advice to each of these and i'm not saying she's wrong i'm just saying that do people recognize her viewpoint is skewed you know like are you taking it from multiple lenses but i don't know personally i tried to ask male counterparts a little bit more because i think the psychology is a little different like i want it to come from someone that is as close as possible to the person i'm actually dealing with which is a guy <laughs> that's helpful <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it also has to do with going back to the scale of consciousness, just consciousness levels. Mm-hmm. As in, I, I see that a lot in personal development. There is sp- specific creators that appeal a lot to like lower consciousness people. Mm. Because, you know, if, I... if you think about it from Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's like, mm. um, it, it's like, okay, you need to... Uh, have a have a roof over your head you need to eat you need to take care of your basic needs hygiene uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that and there's like creators that th- this is obviously the, the widest part of the pyramid so there is a lot of people within that that part and there's mm-hmm. creators that appeal specifically to that niche and i actually don't know the the creator you're talking about but from the way you're talking about right. it it sounds like she might appeal towards that side. I would actually say that's 100% accurate. And and for listeners, I want to preface, I'm not talking shit about her at all. I just think that maybe because I view things from a little, from a different lens, or maybe in, in your recent, your just your explanation right there from a maybe more higher consciousness level, um, I I get a little a lot of question marks in my head when I read some of her responses because I, I I recognize a lot of these women who are taking her advice are probably taking it at complete face value. This is the answer. This is the route. This is the direction I'm going to go. And that's where I'm like, oof, you know? And again, I don't believe there's black and white, wrong, right answers in life. I believe though that... um you have to understand how, you know, when a decision, if that's aligned with you, and also if that's also part of your core values and the way you want to live life. And I I don't see that also being combined in the thought process of some of this. At, at a fundamental level, you're human. So yeah, the, the, there is like machines that work in like zeros and ones, plus and z- pluses mm-hmm. and minus. And so it's it's a very black and white thing. And then we have humans. And humans are not zeros and ones or minus and, and pluses. We're not black and white. We are so complex, so incredibly complex. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think, especially when it comes to personal development, which is, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the process of you developing as a person, as a human, it's particularly useful to think in terms of this is directionally useful for me at the current state that I find myself into. Mm. Directionally, because it gives you a direction to go towards. Useful because it's useful to you. 
at the current state in which you find yourself into, because that is your current state. You are able to recognize the fact that it's a it's a temporary state or a te temporary circumstance in which you find yourself into. And so as you course direct the path that you're taking in life and you take personal development advice from people, mm -hmm. take that always, always, always with a grain of salt, realizing it's, it's only going to be relevant to you for a specific amount of time. And it's not the end all be all it's can make it useful, you know, use it. And then when you're out of it, you're out of it, stop it. You, there's going to be something else later that you're going to need. And it's going to be useful to you. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I feel like when, as you were saying that, I, I feel like a common, and I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts on this because you're, you would be like an example of a guy that could be the, on the receiving end of this where, where women, especially if you're dating in America, um, women may have this kind of context where like, for example, someone, some girl might submit a question like, oh, you know, he hasn't talked to me in two days or he hasn't been responding as quick or whatever the fuck, right? You're like laughing. like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Um, and I can certainly say in the past year, but especially honing down in the past six months, I have come to realize a few things about that. Number one is that it's actually not personal at all. Uh, it really isn't. Number two is that it it doesn't like mean as much as you you like think it does. Like I don't think there's any like marginal significance on how that person really feels about you. Like I, I feel like today's texting culture is like if he took a day to respond, like like put him on the back burner, you know, like, like all this kind of stuff. Right. Um, but then even that, like the one thing, the, the biggest one for me is in my practice of mindfulness, it, it talks about how often we have misperceptions and how often when we believe in those misperceptions without gaining clarity or asking questions to resolve that misperception, uh, we basically fuck ourselves over by believing in that misperception. So someone, a girl might be like, wow, he didn't respond to me for a day or two days. I feel like he's starting to ghost me. Like this must mean he doesn't like me. And then they start to act on that belief, right? So then they start to like give off that energy that's probably unappealing to this guy. And maybe again, hypothetically, something was going on heavy in his life that he just could not communicate in those days and that's for me where the mindfulness has a biggest shift for me has occurred is i realize like even for you and and it's it's crazy right like i talk to you relatively frequently and and sometimes like you don't respond to me for a few days but i, I don't i let it go i'm like look he's he's got his life he'll respond to me when he needs to and i've applied that in kind of all even close friends family and like partner because i think that um when we like hold on too tight to this belief, like they need to be responding to me by a certain period, or this means X, Y, Z, we just fuck ourselves over so much. Um, and I'm just curious to hear too, because I, I like if you've ever dealt with that, where maybe you you're not responding, especially you, because you have a whole structure usually of like being off your phone between certain hours during from like Monday through Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. 
um you know you you probably have like your phone on even on like do not disturb you 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 know so I'm very like aware of that and I'm sure like some women though if you were like just starting to date them and they have no context of that they'd be like wow Elia just like doesn't like me that much because if a guy really likes you he responds to you as soon as possible (laughs) (laughs) so I'm just curious to know what you think of that I'm just proud to say that I really take it with a fucking grain of salt because I'm like look we all have our own lives and I've shot myself in the foot by believing in these misperceptions for a long time but from my observations I do believe that a lot of girls tend to believe in these misperceptions sometimes is often pushed by like other girls telling them oh he's not responding to you like next who's on the roster <laughs> like that's just how it is and I'm like guys like hold on like look from their perspective I don't know yeah I'm just curious to know your thoughts on that I feel like every point within this conversation always leads back to the same old thing which is consciousness and it's like so I feel like it's so important for a woman specifically because the all these things that you're describing when it comes to like the guy not answering in a certain amount of time or not not giving the right signals all the time all of them are signs of someone that feels you know you could call it impatient or, you know, that is dreading the specific way they're feeling in, into, in a specific moment. And mm-hmm. um, someone that maybe doesn't, and this is obviously me speculating, but maybe doesn't quite feel 100% without having things being in a specific way. Mm-hmm. And and so, the, the I mean, the only answer that I see to that is is actually internal it's not external mm-hmm. as in you know getting as cliche as you as you may like getting into the present moment and you know trying asking yourself what is wrong about this moment mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong about this moment you're your life you're fine like life is good mm-hmm. um that is one of the hardest things in life in my opinion and it but it, it's it's an it's it's the thing that's net that's always going to be there unless you work really hard and you might get enlightened which i, I certainly hope we all do um and that's the answer to so many of the problems that we face every day i'll give you an example there's this girl that i'm seeing right now and we uh, the, the first night that we were together was incredible okay mm-hmm. chemistry off the, off the roof incredible time she's super sweet super feminine really fucking stubborn and uh, we had a great time and then um i text her again a few days after not right away um, and she's like super cold to me mm. <laughs> and this has been the pattern this has been a pattern that has been repeating itself for at least maybe like a month as in we meet she's awesome and we have a great time together and then 
I don't make myself heard as much because it's just not the way I communicate. And she's super fucking cold to me. And so I, I go through this whole process that, I, that, that we have been talking about. And I go like, okay, trying to be conscious, trying not to like take it personally and just like yeah. hear what she's feeling, what, what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And this has happened maybe like four times, okay? <laughs> like it's it's not a one-off thing. Like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this finally came to a conclusion. The moment that we met and we did one thing that is so simple and it literally cleared off everything. She went through my phone and she looked at the amount of messages that I was sending on a daily basis. (laughs) And the answer is I was sending maybe like three to four messages every day. One person is my mom. One person is my client and then say two other people. And that's my average. I send like four messages a day, max. Uh huh. And then she showed me her phone and she had something like 12 to 15 chats open with unanswered <laughs> messages from people that would just text her the most random stuff. Literally. And that literally cleared off everything from that moment we haven't had an, any issue whatsoever so what what does it highlight what does it show it shows the fact that we have two completely polar opposite communication styles for her to be to feel loved it's important to have a a, a consistent constant um showing of, of that you know and, and within the way that she has been processing that that has been through messaging so people being present in her life for me i can actually go off and not talk to you for months at a time and then hang out with you and i'll be like loving you like crazy and hopefully that's the same on your side because i don't really i that that lack of time is not a big deal for me so the moment that she understood mm-hmm. that it's not that I didn't like her or it's not that I didn't have feelings for her, that was just purely my communication style. We haven't had any problem whatsoever since. Okay, to clarify, you would, so I'm understanding this correctly and I, and I have some major comments on this too that's very relatable to my situation, but you would say, once she recognized that it was not personal to her at all, she was like, oh, okay, then that's fine. Would you say that's pretty accurate? That's 100% literally it. Mm-hmm. I, First of all, Elliot, yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It's not that I don't like you. It's not that yeah. I don't have feelings for you. It's purely mm-hmm. that I'm not the kind of person that shares it every three hours. And right. you're used to people that do that. And I'm not one of them, right. but it's important for you to actually know there is people that are not like your friends usually that mm-hmm. share that once every two two or three days. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that I don't care about you. Oof. 
Elia, you well, I guess now it makes sense because you you've experienced it firsthand in the recent time yourself. But like you can see how that right there, like there's different ways that that can play out in for a lot of listeners, right? Like that could be the same scenario because again, more often than not, women more than men have these these group chats or like more touching base with their girlfriends, like that frequent, like oh my god, like this just happened, right? Yeah, that's that's. That's more often than than men for women. So since we're familiar with that, when we get to a guy and they're not talking to us as much, we can draw these misperceptions and conclusions and then play the fucking cold shoulder game. And mind you, I have done this before. I for sure have done this before. And my aha moment came from mindfulness. That's why I'm like, holy fuck, I got to share this with the world, right? Like everyone will have their own aha moment through a different lens and maybe for someone else just hearing you share that example. Um, But it's really funny because I would say I was certainly 50% or maybe 60% the same way your girl that you were describing, she was to you about that, that I was with my partner. Not as extreme, but it would it would come in waves, like on days on and in chapters or months where I'm like feeling normal, secure, busy with my life, having constant things going. Um, it goes over my head. But maybe when something is like not as stimulating to me, I might notice it more. I might notice like, wow, we went two days without talking, and then I will basically become a bitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and that's where I was catching myself now in hindsight, like, yo, because to be fair, that's, that's how something is kind of like, blew up in, in many ways, like it was that pattern of me acting on the misperception, right? Like, so luckily, in your case, she was, you know, being cold to you in person. And it sounds like you guys like you, again, because of your, um, your level with your own personal development and your knowledge, you were able to ask her like, hey, I noticed this. I'm assuming that's probably something along the lines like you were able to communicate that you noticed it and then it finally came out. Whereas that's the issue is like not many people even get to that point, Elia. Like not many people get to that point where it was like, oh, you know, Um, most people end up playing this little game of like, well, you're going to be that. Well, then I'm going to be this way. And then the other person receives that and then they perceive that person to be that but then the whole time it's based off of a whole fucking misperception and once you just get to the actual root of it you go oh you know and I think um that fascinates me that like really really fascinates me that that actually that right there is what in my opinion what fucks up a lot of potential relationships and friendships and this is even in business too for sure you know but we we might see this play out more in romantic relationships because no one that's maybe more often where people are less direct because they feel like it's a little more fragile you know so I'm fascinated (laughs) I'm fascinated by that example well okay I have a question though what would you recommend then actually if if a female right now listening she feels like she's in that role and she's realizing like, well, shit, like how can I approach it from a secure, high self-esteem female um, and ask this guy that I'm in the early stages of talking to, how can I communicate that without coming across needy, 
or weird for even asking. So I can get clarity whether he's just actually that's his style, like Elia says for himself, or maybe it's actually because he lacks interest. How do I go about that? Communication. Yeah. Actually going out of your way to have a serious and sincere conversation with that person. And that that does include a, a, a decent amount of chunk of vulnerability and mm-hmm. and sharing how you feel. And And the only way that you can have such conversation is if you are more or less present and and conscious mm-hmm. and so that's a whole different thing in and itself you know mm-hmm. it's like managing your state um maybe not taking decisions when you're agitated or frenetic and and i mean it sounds so cliche but it's it's the only thing i found that really works and that's getting into the present moment I, it, yeah, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. It's it's that kind of book that you could read forever and it's always going to yield something new and useful. And, um, and that's the only thing I found through consciousness, really, that, that really works. Being present. Staying present. That's That's been huge for me as well, actually. It's, it's weird. As you were saying all that, I'm like, I feel like Ellie and I have been on very, very similar wavelengths <laughs> in the recent months. Um, I I did want to shift a little bit of gears because I want to pick your brain about this now that it's been, um, you know, more time that has passed. But you went through a breakup, I guess, what, maybe nine months ago? Yeah. About? And as we all know, breakups are usually pretty tough, you know, um, it ranges, it's on a spectrum, but I wanted to hear your thoughts on maybe two parts, you know, sharing kind of like a realization for you, why it was not going to proceed in a direction that you felt would make sense to stay in the relationship or have the relationship remain and number two what did you do in the six months after that you looking back now would reflect and say that was really powerful and impactful for me to do for myself after this after that breakup the reason that led us to break up is fundamental i think to getting over breakups and now i'm getting slightly ahead of myself but the gist of it is the reason why we broke up is because we had different goals mm-hmm. and you know that's huge that is a mm-hmm. huge freaking thing you know it, the she wanted to date with the intent of getting married mm-hmm. while i couldn't foresee marriage within within myself yet and so it it would have been um it wouldn't be unsincere on my side to to date uh with that agreement and 
obviously, you know, breakups are messy and complicated and, and, and so are relationships. And, and so that went on for some time. And then that uh, one, one day we had one final conversation and, and, and decided to take that decision. And the only way that we actually, we both, both of us really uh, managed to get to that agreement. What wasn't, in moments in which we were frenetics, frenetic, it was in moments in which we were peaceful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll describe the dynamic a little bit because I think it's useful. Before, there was a lot of frenetic energy within our conversations on the day we broke up because we were going like, well, why you're not like this and why you're not like that? And like, well, I, I want to be like this and that's the direction that i'm going and it was a lot of you know a lot of yeah uh, high emotions Mm -hmm. and we couldn't get to anything it it wasn't useful it wasn't a useful conversation it it took us to it, it it required for us to effectively rest into it and that was literally taking a nap we we both both of us we took a nap for like 30 minutes Mm-hmm. and i swear to god literally during that nap that, that was the time in which everything got processed and we woke up and we kind of knew where we were where we stood and from there it was just it's over like it's actually over but it, it took us to get into that calm peaceful state and to really process that, to really get to that conclusion. And I, I would say to do so in a, in a mature way. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's that's a big deal. Uh, what did I do after? I read a bunch of books on breakups. <laughs> okay, can I ask you a quick tangent, though, before we, we get into that part, though? I, I'm thinking, you mentioned that she was dating with the intention to get married right could you elaborate or clarify did she mention a time frame that she would ideally like to see that marriage time occur she didn't mention a time frame and i would say from what i understood that seemed to be something that she was quite flexible about she wasn't like oh we gotta get married in three years or something okay so okay so that's the reason why i ask and that might be curious that might be why some listeners could be curious right now because i'm sitting here thinking well so you're 25 as well i think you know men have a lot longer of a time window and i to be fair i think men also age better so i I do like dating older for some of those reasons but um i also don't are you so would you maybe correct me then would you say that you don't necessarily date with with the idea that you might end up with this partner like can you tell me your thought process in that because maybe I'm a little confused because I don't decide I'm in a relationship with someone unless I feel that we have similar and aligned personal visions and goals that like would intermingle along the path over the years even if they diverge they kind of come back together in a way that's something I look at I also look at um just like 
obviously their values, if that lines up with mine, the lifestyle compatibility part, that kind of thing. So I, I see, I have let that observe and play out for a few months before I go, okay, I'm going to be in a committed relationship with you. Um, because I see that we could be going in this direction together. But for me, it's also like saying, yeah, there's a chance that I could see myself getting married to you. There's also a chance that might not be the case. But I personally, and I would argue that most women listening might be like, I or may, maybe a lot of people in their 20s might be like, I don't know if I would get in a relationship with someone that I at least didn't see a potential of getting married with them, even if it was like five years later, you know, that's why I was curious about if she had a dead set time frame, because in that I would understand why that might make you feel like you can't see that with her. But maybe was it something else? In the beginning of our relationship, I saw the possibility of that being a thing. And then as things pro progressed, then I got to know her better. And uh, I got to understand where we stood within our perspectives and lifestyles and all that um that possibility became less and less and less likely until the moment that it became clear that wasn't going to happen and that said I, I wouldn't say a date with the goal of getting married which I mean I already said it like I I don't for the most part, but I'm not opposed to that. Um, but I really date for the experience and because I, I love loving. I I just love that, all that, all of that. <laughs> and uh, even though it seemed clear that we were not going to be together forever, it was still an experience that I that I wanted to have to be with that person for the time that we were gonna get. Um, that was special to me. Interesting. Okay, I guess. I guess I under I understand. Like for example, I wouldn't say I'm dead set on marriage either. You know, I'm not a very conventional, traditional person i'm kind of like a little in the middle you know so i'm not dead set on that i guess i'm a little bit like i think when it comes to dating i'm very intentional especially with the age i'm at now um i've had my fair share of fun so i think like you know to me it's nothing new to just go and have fun again and like you know i've had a lot of that um and but i think it's like okay if i'm gonna really be in a relationship with someone um, ideally, I want to have a lot of things that are in alignment that would increase the chances of like longevity of that relationship, whatever that looks like. So I guess that's my perspective. But I guess it's pretty clear then you kind of clarified that at a certain point, you you really came down to a conclusion of like, there is like very, very little chance of legit longevity in this relationship. Is that kind of how you would put it? Yeah. Okay. And and that came like... up around the time of when she was talking about her vision of marriage and, and stuff like that? No, way earlier. Okay. So you had that feeling already prior. Well, I wouldn't say in terms of like specifically marriage. Okay. I would say more in terms of, are we going to be together forever? 
Okay, so longevity of the really of a yeah, relationship like, with that person. It seems, you know, you kind of like test the solidity of the relationship as time passes. Mm -hmm. And you give it a little bump here and there. I mean, I'm not saying I do, I did or I do, but like life does it itself. And it gives you little bumps. And then, you know, you, you kind of test how the whole thing keeps developing itself. And, and, you know, at some point when the bumps actually create real damage, well, then, you know, you, you can kind of foresee what, what's happening. Mm -hmm. And in terms of specifically marriage, I think men specifically mm -hmm. have, a, have, a, have an instinct for knowing this is it. Mm -hmm. it, it. It's something that cannot be explained and it's it has crystal clear clarity. <laughs> crystal clear clarity <laughs> mm. uh, you just know that this is it i'm ready and uh, there, there is no question in your mind in that situation i didn't have that and so that was it would you say that crystal clear instinct comes at the beginning or with time or can be either either interesting i heard the story of my of my friend's dad mm -hmm. um, her dad effectively saw her mom like outside yeah, i think he was walking mm -hmm. and he saw her as i think she was in a in a building or something and she he saw it through a window mm. And the way that my friend described the situation, she told me dad knew exactly from the moment he saw her that he was going to marry her. And they had never spoken. They knew nothing about each other. And dad kind of just knew. And turns out he actually talked to her and she was engaged to someone else and despite of that her dad just had this complete certainty and just straight up confidence that no matter what the situation was he was going to marry her and that literally was the the foundational force behind them getting married. I'm at a loss for words right now. I'm like, what? Well, can you can you share some details? Like, did, did she break off the engagement then? Like, how did, or yes. did she? Yeah, okay. yeah, she, she broke off the engagement. She broke off the engagement because whenever someone has that level of certainty i'm gonna marry you and there's nothing you can do about it and i obviously i'm not i don't mean stalking i don't i don't mean yes, anything yes, criminal yes it, it's just that level of complete certainty i know this I, I know that it might 
look weird it might sound strange mm -hmm. but i know this is this is it this is what's going to happen whenever someone has that kind of level of certainty if it's in, it's intoxicating you're just mm -hmm. going to move mountains and rivers to make the whole thing happen and it did now they got a family they're really happy been together for i don't know many years mm. it's fascinating but uh i would argue not not a lot of men actually have that kind of instinct feeling like like that like when you just look at someone obviously that's like you know that's a one percent thing um i would say real men do real men do just by looking at someone like love at first sight it doesn't need to be right away but the moment that it hits you okay i was saying like not i was saying not the right away part but like okay okay elaborate on what you're about to say it, it can be in the first day it can be 20 years after you've been dating but the moment it hits you okay then it's it's game over i see i see but there there is most of the time for men you're saying that there is just this like overwhelming instinctive feeling that this is the this is the one i wouldn't say that's that's the case for most people actually i would say that's pretty rare but it, it only happens to men or it happens to women as well i i think it happens to women as well but in a different way and i, I wouldn't be able to describe it because i haven't looked into it okay um because I, I've selfishly observed men specifically within this this concept. Right. But yeah, I, I think it happens to both sexes. Yeah. I I agree with that too. I think it's intriguing to hear from from a male perspective on what that instinct feeling feels like for a guy. But you but you but you would say that it it doesn't always happen for people. No, I would I would say it happens pretty rarely. I mean, most people go into relationships that they are uncertain about and kind of like go half ass it okay. because there is no better option and they feel alone and they want oh, okay. they feel like they have to. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess um yeah, I would say I'm I'm luckily and I, I think I could say the same for you. I don't think we put ourselves in that situation as often, or at least from our conversations. Um but I think with that being said, I think luckily I I don't, at least in, again, in the past year or so, I don't think I've attracted those types of partners to me either. Like the type that just like wants a date because it's like the sake of having a relationship kind of thing. Um, I mean, that shows within your relationship. Yeah. It's just the way that you're going about it is, is very, very much long term. And mm hmm and with a vision, I would say, despite of the fact that there might not be instant gratification right away. Yeah. It's a weird, I would say, like, in my personal situation, it's like a weird instinctive feeling, too. But it has, like, no logic to it. But it's, like, very strange. So that's why it's, like, interesting. But, um, okay, quickly share, though, what you did preceding your breakup. I know we went over a little by now. Oh, yeah. Maybe like name the two things, one or two things that you 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 can focus on that you really feel like had a marginal impact in your life that you think that if other people applied something similarly, 
that they could also see positive change when they're going through that kind of emotional adversity? Well, a breakup is pretty much your heart being shattered. So yeah. whenever there is a, a traumatic event like this, whether it's it's the death mm -hmm. of a parent or a breakup or, you know, the death of someone you love, there, there is a, a, a chemical imbalance within yourself. And the only way mm -hmm. to really heal is through processing what has happened. And so the way that you process it and the way I processed it was by writing, um, journaling about the event, um, mm -hmm. writing down how I felt in every single messed up way, mm -hmm. talking about it with people, which falls within the same category as processing it. It's just a different medium. You're not... You know, you're not writing it to a diary. You're yeah. talking with, uh, with other people. Yeah. Um. You know, and, and th this applies to any medium. It doesn't really matter what the, the medium you use with. You use all of them or use only one of them. It doesn't really matter. It's a matter mm -hmm. of processing it. And, and that's what I did. Um. I also happened to read a few books on, on breakups because I thought they were going to be useful into me recovering. And um, one of the things that I think was most useful for me was point number one, not con continuously reminiscing over our memories. Although it felt great in the moment to think about how lovely it was to spend time together and all the little things she did and all the things that I saw that reminded me of her. That wasn't useful to me recovering. It was only bringing back old memories that felt awesome, but that were not useful to me actually getting back in pieces, you know, getting back whole. Mm -hmm. And so being aware of that and, and not drooling is that the is that a good word in this context i don't know drooling within old memories <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, that was useful and then as cliche as it may sound not text your ex do not do it it's a trap <laughs> it's a trap because there is a reason for why you broke up and you're only going to be, I know it's so, it's, it feels so good to even think about it, but there is a reason why that happened and, and opening up that yeah. channel again is going to create despair and, and, and further pain mm -hmm. and suffering for both of you. Um, throughout my life, and it, it hasn't been a long life, but I, I went through a lot of experiences of other people and myself. I haven't seen anyone that goes back to an ex and actually ends up having a long-term relationship that's successful and happy. Mm -hmm. Most times when someone goes to an ex, goes back to an ex and they haven't changed, which is an important disclaimer, actually. It just, mm -hmm. it, it's just a continuation of the pain and suffering that, that was created earlier. 
I will add as I as a, I have to add this. I did go back. I did have an eight month breakup period with a former boyfriend of mine for four years. And we got back together. And that was actually a much healthier version of our first half. But I attribute that to a lot of my change. And then after a year and nine months about, so almost two years of that sex. So we dated a total of four years, all of college with the eight month gap included. But because of my significant change, the introduction to Tim Ferriss, Tony Robbins, personal development, all of that, that had changed me so much that impacted the way I acted in the relationship, um, which in turn just made a lot of things healthier. But the reason why I ended, I ended up ending it, which was the luckiest kind of breakup per se, but it is still very hard. It was sad, but I just did not see our personal visions aligned. And that was purely the reason. Um, I loved him, but I was no longer in love with him. And I felt like my significant growth because of the pain I felt in the eight months after he initially broke up with me, I grew so much. I'm not sure if he had the same need or push to grow as much. So I, I like that you added that as a note that um, without that change, it probably comes back to normal. We didn't come back to normal because I had changed and he was fine. He didn't have like crazy like habits to work on per se for relationships but um that also contributed to like the way we envisioned life then I saw things a little bit bigger and he kind of remained the same in that regard so that played out after two years so um I in that sense that's that's one of the times where I was really glad I didn't listen to other people where I still I was only 20 years old but I I more or less kind of pursued him even though he broke out with me, I kind of tried to pursue that because instinctively something told me that the chapter of that relationship hadn't ended. But um, I think that would be also wrong if I was coming back and I was still like an unhealthy person, unhealthy behaviors. And I think he probably wouldn't have gone back with me if he saw that too, because I think he saw the tra- the change I made and he was like, okay, I do want to see where this goes. So just adding that as a disclaimer. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's super important. And what I said when when it comes to, I haven't seen most people whenever they wake up and they come back together, that usually ends in misery and despair and sadness. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is very much a black and white statement for the most part. And it's, uh, as we talked about the beginning of the conversation, black and white statements are always going to be wrong. That is, it's directionally useful. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you never want to apply that and take that as the the holy grail of truth, because it's not. And therefore, yeah, it's a. I, I really appreciate you adding that on top of it. Yeah, especially, especially if it, especially in my opinion, if if it is a black and white like there would be no reason to to come back together um again like from my experience I felt like there was a reason for us to come back together because I just knew that I wasn't my healthiest self in the first year and a half of the relationship and therefore I genuinely felt like it would be a different version with this new change in me and I wanted an opportunity to see that play out so that's a 
more of a preface so for people if you are in the same position then yeah it would in my opinion would make no sense and that's a big thing i think you know emotions are not reasons but you had a reason the reason is you felt like there was there was something left to give and i know there is the felt part of it but it's it's a it's a deeper thing it's not just oh i miss him that that's not that's that's not a reason yeah you know and it was there was just an overpowering force, you know. I I have to say all the odds were against me. I mean, his guy friends were like, "Bro, you want to get back with her?" And you know, it's probably hard for some of my friends today to imagine like me being characterized as someone like unhealthy, slightly toxic, all this kind of stuff. But you know, I was at one point, and that was against me. Um, his parents were like, "Why?" You know, and then um, my girlfriends were like, "Stop texting him. Like, you you got to let that go." But something inside me, which is which is why sometimes I can't even rationalize to this day. Like I, I can't even logically be like, well, it made sense. Like it didn't make sense. It really didn't. But just to By me, the way, yeah, I'm super fucking proud of your improvement and your development as a person. <laughs> like I can foresee a, a time in your life in which you were like toxic ish. I mean, oh, yeah, that, like, I don't know, like. <laughs> I, I I think I I think I, I can kind of see that in the rear view mirror that's slightly foggy. Yeah. But like I kind of see that. And gosh, <laughs> you have gone so far. And it, I mean, just listening about your last few months and and you tapping into being more loving and 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 the change that you're making the world because of it mm-hmm. is just freaking mind blowing. So like props, like major freaking props to you. <laughs> Thank you, Elia. I appreciate that. And I mean, it obviously helps to have friends that value this kind of growth in life too. Because, you know, you're in Italy right now. Obviously, for those who have listened a year ago, we were recording in person in Los Angeles where we both lived, but now you're currently in Italy for the time being. So it's kind of crazy how from Century City Mall to like here here we are just talking about personal growth and being loving human beings and yeah just being able to chat about that with you and just the voice notes I send you is like helps me because I when I hear it from a different framework it's like clicks you know like it, it literally slowly releases the wrong misperception the wrong the 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 unhelpful belief that I might be holding when I hear from something it clicks I'm like oh and then the shittier one drops the healthy one kind of clicks in my head so it helps too to have friends like that I'm stoked for when you're visiting New York at some point which hopefully will be within the next I don't know five six months or Italy um, on your side true I I think I think Europe might come first for me so I you know I'll hit Paris and then you and then I'm going to I want to hit London as well. Do a little Europe entourage trip, but um yeah, this was great and I'm I'm so grateful to have you as a friend, a close friend of mine and to be able to talk about all the things that we do. So, thank you for this, dude. Likewise. I I'm going to repeat myself, but fuck it. I'm so proud of you. So freaking proud of you. Like <laughs> It's crazy. Uh, I am really so fucking grateful. 
for you. You <laughs> send me these messages every certain amount of time. You go like, oh, what do you think about this? And I, I feel so grateful that that you feel um, that, that that you feel like sharing these kind of situations with me, and uh, and that I I can I can call you a friend. It's uh, and, and by the way, friend, I mean in in the most sacred term, not not like, yeah. oh, just a friend, not like like it, you know, like like yeah. real. Thank you. Thank you, Elia, and thank you for that mall interaction. <laughs> Started from Century City Mall, and now we're here. <laughs> Started from the bottom, now we're here. And that is all for today's episode with one of my dear friends, Elia. My gosh, this was such a pleasure chatting with him on the show, and I certainly know that we will have more conversations to come because he's just one of those people that not only do I have really open and raw conversations with, and of course he also listens really well, responds really well, but with him it's also just like there's a lot of intellect and curiosity in those conversations, and I can say for myself that I enjoy hearing those conversations. Like I enjoy being a fly on the wall um, and listening to people. So again, other podcasts, of course, when, when I hear two curious people discuss and talk about things because that's where I get a lot of my ideas brewing. So hopefully that did the same for you. And if you enjoyed this conversation, and of course, if you enjoy hearing Elia on the show now because he's been on, I think, once yeah one time previously already so if you enjoyed this please uh, let us know share this episode on your instagram story tag at what fulfills you and myself at emily e duong send me a dm whatever is your personal favorite way of sharing i am so grateful for you guys who listen and for this incredible year wishing you all health and love in this upcoming new year and that is all you guys Thanks again for tuning in. I will chat with you all in the new year. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.